Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Luke. Happy Thursday, faithful listeners. Thanks for tuning into the Bible Explained podcast and... Christmas is basically a week away. So tell me how you are doing. You'll find my contact information in the bio of this podcast episode. So you can shoot me an email. Let me know how you're doing through Christmas. Introduce yourself. Tell me uh, where you're from and how you started listening to the podcast. I'd love to hear from you guys as always. So yes, you can find my contact info in the bio of the podcast episode. But faithful listeners, let's go ahead and read Luke chapter 24 verses 13 through 35 today. As always, I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version of the Bible, which is also the World English version of the Bible, just to let you guys know. When I say W.E.B., a lot of people are like, the web version, is it only found online? (laughs) And no, I think you can definitely get copies of the W.E.B. version. It's just called the World English version of the Bible. So that's the version I prefer to use because it is a completely public domain. I won't get in any trouble if I choose to use this on my podcast and literally read the entire Bible to you guys over the air. I'm not going to get in trouble for that. But in other versions, I might get in trouble because a lot of other versions are copyrighted. And so I'd have to get like special permission to actually use that version of the Bible. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, I don't feel like waiting around to, uh, to do that because I know it takes a lot of time to actually get approved. Yeah, that's why I use the W.E.B. version, because I like it. I also think it's easier to understand than the King James version of the Bible, which is another version that is public domain. That's why I use the W.E.B., just to throw that out there for those of you who don't know. But of course, you can use the version you prefer, whatever that might be. And also, don't forget to grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea this morning. (laughs) I've been uh, drinking more tea recently. I got myself a little electric kettle. You know, the one that you pour water in and you plug it in and then it just boils the water for you. So I don't have to do it on the stove anymore or just stick the the cup in the microwave. I never maybe that was why I didn't like tea very much, because I was always just like heating the water up in the microwave and it just never tasted very good. I don't know. But when I went on my arc trip a couple weekends ago, I uh, I was very excited because they had an electric kettle at the Airbnb we stayed at. And uh, it was just so nice filling it up with water and letting it do its thing and then pouring the water over the tea. So I got a cheap electric kettle for myself and have been drinking more and more tea, though I still can say I don't like it as much as coffee. <laughs> but uh, it's it's growing on me. It's growing on me a little bit. But then again, I think I talked to you guys about this a lot where I'm just going back and forth on coffee and tea. And then I'm always like, yeah, coffee's better. <laughs> I go on a tea kick for a little while and then I'm like, nope, can't do it. Can't do it. Coffee's better. But okay, I'm sorry for rambling, you guys. Let's go ahead and read once again, Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Grab your cup of tea or your cup of coffee and join in with me. Behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was 60 stadia from Jerusalem. They talked with each other about all of these things which had happened. While they talked and questioned together, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. He said to them, What are you talking about as you walk and are sad? One of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things which have happened here in these days? He said to them, What things? 
They said to him, The things concerning Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who would redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Also, certain women of our company amazed us, having arrived early at the tomb, and when they didn't find his body, they came saying that they had also seen visions of angels, who said that he was alive. Some of us went to the tomb and found it just like the women had said, but they didn't see him. He said to them, foolish men, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Didn't the Christ have to suffer these things to enter into his glory? Beginning from Moses and from all the prophets, he explained to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. They came near to the village where they were going, and he acted like he would go further. They urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is almost evening and the day is almost over. He went in to stay with them. When he had sat down at the table with them, he took the bread and gave thanks. Breaking it, he gave it to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, then he vanished out of their sight. They said to one another, Weren't our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us along the way, and while he opened the scriptures to us? They rose up that very hour, returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven gathered together, and those who were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. They related the things that happened along the way and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. So this is the story of the two disciples that were traveling from Jerusalem to the village called Emmaus. So these two disciples, we don't really know who they are other than one of them was named Cleopas. And these are considered to be not part of the 12 disciples. These are two disciples that knew of Jesus, followed him around potentially, but they were not part of the 12. Because we know that Jesus did, in fact, have many, many disciples. There's a verse that actually mentions how Jesus sent out like a ton of people. Was it like 90 people to go and spread the gospel? So Jesus had a lot of followers. He had a lot of, I guess, disciples, but the 12 were the main ones, the ones that he traveled around with a lot. So these two guys were not part of the main 12 disciples, but were part of the other disciples that did have contact with Jesus, but not as much as the 12 did. So these two guys are traveling from Jerusalem back to their village called Emmaus. And it says that it was about a seven mile journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And the reason they were probably heading home was because, don't forget, the Passover celebration, uh, men would have to travel to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And uh, when they were done celebrating the Passover in Jerusalem, they would start returning back home. So that's kind of what this sounds like to me, is these guys were done celebrating in Jerusalem, the Passover celebration, and we're starting to walk home. So it says this was the third day after Jesus died. So it was the day of Jesus's uh, resurrection. So it says that they were talking and questioning together and just discussing everything that had gone on with Jesus. And so it says that Jesus himself came near and started walking with them. But they didn't recognize Jesus, you know, and uh, so Jesus is just traveling along with these two people and he knew who they were, but they didn't know who he was. Uh, It says that somehow their eyes were veiled. They didn't recognize who Jesus was during this time. And I don't know if this was miraculous or if their hearts were just so, you know, beginning to lose faith and just couldn't even imagine, you know, that Jesus was risen from the dead. And also it's it's possible 
that Jesus's appearance was a little different now because he was in his now resurrected body. I don't know if that's the truth or not, but we do find out that several people didn't actually recognize Jesus when they first saw him. So maybe he did look a little different, or maybe it was just the fact that they truly could not ever, ever imagine that Jesus could be risen from the dead. So they didn't recognize him because that was the farthest thing from their minds. (laughs) So anyway, it says their eyes were kept from recognizing him, whether this was them keeping their own eyes from recognizing him or whether Jesus was doing it, we don't know. But either way, they didn't recognize Jesus and they're just traveling along with this stranger. At least they think he's a stranger. So Jesus starts asking them, he's like, what are you guys talking about? Like, why are you so sad? And so one of them who was named Cleopas answered Jesus. They're like, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that happened there? And uh, Jesus is like, what? <laughs> what things? What are, you, what are you talking about? And so then they say to him, they're like, the things concerning Jesus, the Nazarene, who was a prophet. He was mighty indeed and word before God and all the people. So he was this mighty prophet. How haven't you heard about this guy? Like, like he is, he was super famous. How have you not heard what has been going on with Jesus and uh, how we thought he was the Messiah? You know, a week ago, like people were like applauding him in the streets and stuff. And now he's dead. It says the chief priests and our rulers, our own rulers, delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. And so they're explaining all this to Jesus. And they're like, we were hoping that he was our Messiah. That's what they said. We were hoping it was he who'd redeem Israel. And now it's the third day after all these things happened. So it's been a while now and, you know, we, we're losing faith that it was Jesus who was our Messiah. We're losing that faith is basically what they're saying here. But then they go on to say that there were some women who went to the tomb earlier that morning. They're like, these women are confusing us, though, because they went to the tomb and and they're claiming that they saw visions of angels and stuff and that these angels said that Jesus was risen from the dead. And, you know, a few of the disciples went to go see the scene at the tomb and uh, they found it just like the women had said but this just all seems super crazy to us because we didn't see jesus we just saw like the strips of linen and stuff that jesus was wrapped in we didn't see jesus so now we're just so confused is is this is basically how the conversation is going between the two disciples and jesus so now jesus is like you're foolish (laughs) foolish men slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken so Now Jesus begins to explain everything to these two disciples. And what's really cool about all of this is the fact that these two disciples were not part of the 12. Jesus had already appeared by this point to Mary Magdalene, a woman. And now he's appearing to these two very ordinary men that even that weren't even part of his 12 disciples. And now he's beginning to explain all of this stuff to them. He's not about status or anything like that. He doesn't care about status. Jesus was very much from the very beginning of time when he had the angels at his birth proclaim the message to the very, very poor and lowly shepherds. From the very beginning of time, Jesus was not caring about status. And I mean, just imagine that. Like when we think of kings, we always think of them as high and mighty, unwilling to talk to the the lowly person, unwilling to hear their case, unwilling to teach them about really anything. And even celebrities and stuff are very similar to that. 
But Jesus was not like that. And Jesus is like the greatest person that ever existed, the most mighty person that ever existed, and God. (laughs) And yet Jesus was willing to explain all the scriptures from the beginning to these two disciples. So it says in verse 27 that beginning from Moses, so all the way back to the beginning, and I mean, they had seven miles to walk, and I'm sure Jesus was extremely coherent and good at speaking. He begins in the books of like numbers and stuff. What we're going through now in the Old Testament episodes of this podcast, Jesus begins from there and starts talking about how the Messiah is reflected all the way back in the times of Moses and everything regarding the Messiah. It says that he explained to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So basically what Jesus is doing here is showing how he fulfilled every prophecy from the very beginning. Except once again, these men don't know that Jesus is talking about himself. But Jesus is just explaining these scriptures to them. And it sounds like these two men, in fact, it says later on, their hearts were burning inside of them as Jesus was describing these these scriptural passages and how everything that happened to Jesus in Jerusalem with the leaders delivering him up to die, how all of this was in the scriptures. So these two disciples are now beginning to have a little bit of faith again, it sounds like. So now they reach their village, Emmaus, and they invite Jesus in. And Jesus is pretending to go further. It says he acted like he would go further, <laughs> knowing very well, I'm sure, that these two disciples would uh, would invite him in for dinner. And it says they urged him saying, stay with us for it is almost evening and the day is almost over. So come, come board with us, you know, tonight. So it says he went in to stay with them. And so he sat down at the table and he took the bread and gave thanks and breaking it. He gave it to them and immediately their eyes were opened and they recognized him. So something about the breaking of that bread made these two disciples recognize Jesus. I mean, the breaking of the bread just reminds me of the Last Supper that Jesus had with his disciples, the the 12, and how he said, this is my body broken for you. So something about that right here made these two disciples finally recognize that it was Jesus. And the second they had that, that faith, that faith enough to realize that it was Jesus sitting there beside them, breaking the bread. That was when Jesus vanishes. So this was, this is a story of faith. You know, these two disciples started out beginning to doubt that Jesus was the Messiah or perhaps already totally did doubt him. And it was Jesus that had to help them come back to that place of faith in him once again. And finally, when Jesus's task there was over, with uh, these two disciples, and they finally had that faith again. He vanished out of their sight. He didn't finish eating with them. So it says now that they rose up and they said to one another, like, our hearts were burning within us while he spoke to us along the way. And he opened up the scriptures to us. 
So they're just beginning to realize now this entire time that it was Jesus talking to them on the entire trip, the seven miles, they were sitting there talking with Jesus. Like, how did they not recognize him sooner is kind of what I think they're, they're talking about here. Like their hearts were burning inside of them while he's talking to them about the scriptures, yet they still didn't, didn't recognize it was him. So now they rise up at that very hour. So it's like almost evening and they return all the way back to Jerusalem. So <laughs> those seven miles that they traveled, they they uh, do it all over again. They were so excited because they had to go back to Jerusalem to talk to the 11 disciples that had been left in Jerusalem. So it says they found the 11 gathered together and those who were with them. So it wasn't just the 11, but it was a bunch of people, it sounds like, gathered with the 11. Maybe they were praying or I don't know what was going on here. But they all said, it says, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. So we find out here that, and this is one of the few passages we find out that Jesus did in fact appear to Simon Peter uh, pretty early on, very, very early on. And there's no actual written story about that, which is funny. But Peter himself says that the Lord appeared to me first. And this is later on in, in uh, the books of First or Second Peter, where Peter mentions that, that Jesus did, in fact, appear to him before he appeared to the other disciples. So these other two disciples that were traveling to Emmaus and came back saw Jesus. Mary Magdalene saw Jesus and also Peter saw Jesus. So now there is five, four accounts now besides the women at the uh, at the tomb and just that evidence alone. There were four people now at this point that we know of that saw Jesus after his death and resurrection. So now they realize that they're like, the Lord is risen indeed. And these two disciples now relate everything that happened along the way and how he was recognized by them by the breaking of the bread. So there's something very special about that moment where when Jesus broke that bread, these two disciples just finally realized who Jesus was. The breaking of the bread is such a powerful symbol of of Jesus. So that's why when we do communion, we remember Jesus by the breaking of the bread. And when Jesus said to his disciples, this is my body broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. And you and I, when we do communion and we take that bread and we put it in our mouths and we begin to chew it, to me, that always just reminds me of what humanity did to Jesus's body. Like it was just crushed. We crushed Jesus. But then when we take the cup and we wash that bread down and the cup symbolizes the blood of Jesus, our sins are washed away with the blood. Faithful listeners, don't forget next Saturday, not this coming Saturday, but next Saturday, I'm going to be airing the Christmas Eve Candlelit podcast episode. You do not need candles to listen to it, (laughs) but it might be kind of fun if you light some candles and turn on the podcast, which airs at midnight on, I guess, Christmas morning or, you know, Christmas Eve. So mark your calendars. Don't forget to tune in for that. It's it's an event I do every single year, and I love doing it. This year, I'm going to be talking about the Trinity. So faithful listeners, I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day. I hope that this podcast episode touched you. And if it did, share it on your social media platforms and tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists. Happy listening. And as always, God bless.